Hello, and welcome to Two Props in a Pod. I'm Tanisha. I'm Beth. And we are faculty and faculty developers at Glendale Community College in Arizona. And today we are going to talk about RSI. And I'm not talking about the refrigeration school, if you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what I thought when I first heard of RSI. Uh, But I believe... RSI is regular substantive interaction. Yes. So, uh, no, we're not talking about the refrigerator school. We're talking about something that's a little bit more complex. So um, today we're talking about this. And we're, of course, as usual, we are excited for this topic. And Beth, would you like to share some additional information about our episode today? All right. So we do have a special guest with us today. We have Dr. Elisa Cooper. And Elisa and I started teaching Almost the same time, many, many years ago, I started teaching during her second year of teaching. So we have known each other for over 30 years and we have both been teaching. I threw this in to kind of surprise you. Mm -hmm. And um, we have been teaching, uh, you know, so, so you you can figure out the numbers. We've been teaching a long time and way back. Yes. And Elisa has been in Maricopa since 1998. Um, she is our current uh, e-course faculty lead, which means she leads the committee and is leadership for e-courses on our campus. She has in the past, you know, been really active with OER efforts in our district, and she is currently a coach for OFAR, which is Open for Anti-Racism, and we will link to that project in our show notes. So welcome, Elisa. Yes, so Thank excited. You. you make me sound so impressive. You because are Because you impressive. are impressive. So we say all that because we're like, she legit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we don't just bring anybody on the podcast, uh, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so... Um, Lots of chuckles already, and we just started, y'all. So <laughs> we're going for a ride. So the first question that we have here is, uh, what is RSI, and why are we here? Well, that's a good question. And you said earlier that it stands for Regular and Substantive Interaction. And basically, it is a part of online learning. I mean, when you first learned about teaching online, we learned about teacher presence and how we are to engage with the instructor or the students and instructor uh, student interaction. And then we have student student interaction. And all of that is just good teaching with online learning. And so with regular and substantive interaction, the U.S. Department of Education wanted to distinguish between online learning and correspondence education. Because in their mind, correspondence education is different and it also does not qualify for financial aid. And so for colleges like ours, where we have financial aid available for our students, we want to make sure, and the U.S. Department of Education wants to make sure that we are offering online courses and not correspondence courses. Mm -hmm. And so uh, probably back, I think it was uh, 2019, they wanted to clarify what that was because they were feeling as if certain colleges were not distinguishing between online learning and correspondence education. So they uh, reiterated the policy, came out with some clarification, and all of this happened way before COVID. Mm -hmm. 
But I think because of COVID, what happened was a lot of instructors ended up teaching online who were not familiar with online learning and weren't really familiar with best practices. And so in addition to worrying about certain colleges and how they were handling this distinguish, this, uh, the distinction between correspondence and online learning, they also had this rush of new faculty teaching online. So that's where RSI has now become such a popular topic is because now colleges are being told that these um, uh, mandates are important and that we should start paying attention to them. And so now all the colleges are like, well, we don't want to be audited like certain colleges and universities have been recently. And so now we're starting to educate our student or our students, our faculty about RSI. I, I, I like how you've made that distinction for us between correspondence and online learning or, and I think the Department of Education refers to that as distance education, mm-hmm. which like we don't really refer to it like that, you know, like we've always thought, oh, you know, online education. So I could see too why people might be a little bit confused mm-hmm. because distance and correspondence sound maybe more similar. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you remember... Um, even in our own district, I remember taking classes at Rio where they sent me tapes, right? And there, those were correspondence courses. But this was all before, uh, you know, our current state of education right now and this distinction. But I think it was okay then, but it's not. At some point, the Department of Education said, students aren't getting the type of education that they should, and we're not going to give money for financial aid, for that type of education. Hmm. We want them to be engaged, actively engaged. Yeah, that makes sense. So can you talk a little bit about what RSI looks like and how it works? Yeah, so, you know, RSI is basically, it's really nothing new. So anyone who has been trained in teaching online understands best practices for teaching online. And one of the best practices is that you engage your students. You know, I remember 10, 15 years ago doing workshops in the district about teacher presence. Mm. And my workshop was all about, you know, what faculty should be doing in an online environment to help make sure they have that teacher presence. So it was more than just giving students content and then expecting them to do it. And then you're just grading their work and being done with it. So like, how do we engage these students. So with regular and substantive interaction, that's basically what they're asking for. They want it to be regular. They want for students to be able to anticipate when they're going to have this type of interaction. So if you have office hours, you know, students know that you have office hours every Monday at eight o'clock. And if they have questions, they can show up at that time to have their questions answered. Mm -hmm. Uh, They know that if you are going to uh, grade their work, that they can anticipate a certain type of feedback on that work, but you have to tell them that. So, and and it has to be regular. It can't just be random. Like, oh, I have four essays in my class and I'm only going to grade the first one with really good feedback and the rest Mm -hmm. I'm just going to use a rubric. You know, that's not regular. Mm -hmm. And then substantive has to be uh, engaged with the, the content of the course, right? And it has to be you know, have a lot of substance to it. You know, it has to be relevant to what the students are learning. And so these things are things that teachers do on a regular basis. I meet with my students. I have office hours. I have discussion forums with students. So 
RSI is not asking for online faculty to do anything different other than making it more aware for students that this is what they're doing and why they're doing it, right? So if I, if I say that for my regular uh, and substantive interaction, I'm going to hold office hours and none of my students show up, I'm not really doing regular and substantive interaction because I'm not engaging with my students. So I have to try to make that particular uh, tool that I'm using work for that. So I would entice students. I would record the, the sessions. I would uh, do more than just sit in my office and wait for students. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I, I guess I want to expand on that question because I, in my brain, I'm thinking about, well, you know, what could be considered RSI? So, you know, what's something like in my brain, I'm thinking how there's discussion boards in my class. So would it be helpful to like post a video in a discussion board along with some questions? Like, so there's the prompt mm -hmm. and then maybe there's a video of myself you know, saying, hey, for this week, this is what we're focusing on. This prompt is going to focus on that specifically. These are things that you should consider when you are answering the question. Mm -hmm. And then just putting that in a discussion board is, would that be considered RSI or no? Because they're, you know, they're not able to leave comments on this video. Does that make sense? Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of people, um, you know, are, are genuinely confused by it because, there are a lot of things that you can do. Like what you just described is a good activity for your students. Mm. But what RSI is trying to get you to do is to make sure that you are engaging with your students during their learning process. Okay. So if you set that up, that's a great assignment. That's not okay. bad. But whether or not we would consider that RSI, that's a whole nother story, right? Okay. So right. we're not saying all that stuff you're doing, don't do it anymore. Like keep doing all of that stuff. Right. But in that instance, let's say that I'm a student and I read your instructions, I watch your video, and halfway through I am participating in this discussion and I'm a little confused. Mm. And so I just write whatever in the discussion form, which then confuses Beth. <laughs> and you know, and then all of this stuff is going on in your discussion and you're not there. Mm. Right? You're not there to clarify. The video wasn't enough to clarify. And so students get lost. And so the way the RSI works is that you are actively engaged in that discussion as well. So you check back in at certain points. Not that you have to participate in the discussion, but going in, addressing questions, redirecting students in a certain way, that then is considered RSI in there. Okay. So the assignment as you designed it is not a bad assignment. Right. But that just may not be your thing to do for RSI and you do something else. Right. So the mandate is that we do two things in our courses. And some people will say, well, I'm not doing that online, you know, right. office hour thing. That's just crazy. Right. You don't have to do that. Do something else. Right. There's options. Yeah. For that. There's a lot of options. And we only have to show two. Now, Two doesn't mean we're just going to do two things twice. It means we're going to do those two things regularly throughout the semester. Right. Okay. Yeah, that helps out a lot because I was trying to think about that in my brain because, you know, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if that's RSI. And then the way you described it, it just seems like that interactive piece, like mm -hmm. the I was missing. It's mm -hmm. like you said, that it's an activity, which is nice and I'm sure could help the students. But what is 
the interactive piece because I could post yeah. a video and just disappear and say go do your thing <laughs> and that's yeah. really yeah. it so I think that's something we also have to keep in mind because I think a lot of us out there might think oh well this would be a great activity but where is the interaction piece of it the right. I so. and, and let me just tell you the four uh, types of substantive interaction that that they're looking at one is providing direct instruction and so when we think about in our online course we create videos like that Mm -hmm. but direct instruction alone is not very helpful a lot of times like I can create a 30-minute lecture Mm -hmm. that's direct instruction but if I'm not there to answer questions when the students are going you know I don't understand Mm -hmm. then that it takes away from it but Mm -hmm. direct instruction um, assessing and providing feedback and so it's more than just uh, adding grades to a grade book or using a rubric. We need some personalized uh, uh, feedback that goes with it. Okay. Um, facilitating a group discussion. And the discussion has to be about the content of mm-hmm. the course. Mm-hmm. And then they have this extra one in there. Or did I miss one? Assessing. Um, oh, the, the last one is um, instructional, instructional activities approved by your program or college. And so that sort of gives us a little bit of an out where, well, not an out, but a a little bit of leeway where as a department, let's say we teach in a certain, like I teach journalism, it's different than what the way we teach English. Right. Maybe there's something that I could add in that would count. And so that's the the last one there. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next question is, why is this important? So why, why is this something that needs to be on our radar right now? Well, I think for one, we all want to do a good job. Right. Beth and I have been teaching online forever, it seems like. And, you know, no matter what we do, I feel like I do a really good job, but yet retention still is not 100%. (laughs) And I don't know if it's 100% anywhere, but it's pretty low for uh, composition courses. And I think that what we're trying to do is improve not just our programs, but retention at our college across the board. Mm -hmm. And one way to do that in online learning is to make sure that we're doing a good job. And RSI ensures that we're doing a good job, or at least gets us in the right direction. Right. So, I mean, even those of us that have been teaching forever, there's always room for improvement. Right. There's always ways. And we have to also consider the fact that our students are changing. Mm -hmm. You know, they are learning in different ways and, you know, there's all of this stuff out there about, well, our students have a you know lower attention span and this and that. And I just feel like, yes, they're changing, but we have to change and adapt as well. And RSI is just reminding us of some of the important parts of, of um, teaching online mm-hmm. that we should be aware of. Mm-hmm. So it's important right now we're paying attention, not just because now the Department of Ed and HLC are saying, all right, we're going to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think we should be looking at it from the standpoint of it's the right thing to do. It's we want to be better at our craft. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to be teaching the way we taught in 1980. Right. Right. <laughs> we want to evolve as teachers. Right. And this is reminding us of the best practices. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's not anything new. If, if anyone who's teaching online looks at RSI and says, that's a lot of stuff that, you know, I don't have time to do that or I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. They're not teaching the right, the right way online. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not thinking about the best practices of online because that's what RSI is. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I, think, I think you might have uh, gotten a little bit into the next question, which is, you know, we, we've maybe heard a little bit about academic freedom surrounding RSI like when we started talking a lot about RSI then there were some 
you know, academic freedom whispers. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I heard you just say that RSI is really just about best practices for online teaching, that sort of quelled any thoughts I had in the back of my mind that this might be, you know, prescribing, you know, exactly how somebody must teach online. Um, and, and instead it's, here's your list of best practices and, you know, options, mm-hmm. pick, pick from these mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the things that you're choosing from are things that you should already be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I, I understand that people might think it's an academic freedom issue, but it's really a compliance issue. And when we think about HLC and our accreditation, you know, or in this case, whether or not we have financial aid, I mean, if we don't have financial aid, we're not, we don't have a college. Right. That's basically the way that is. Right. And so not that RSI infringes on anyone's academic freedom, but even if it did, it wouldn't matter because we have to comply. Mm -hmm. And so it's really about doing the job that we were hired to do to teach our students. And that does not infringe on academic freedom if I'm being asked to teach and be effective in my practice. Right. You know, so, I mean, to say that it's an academic freedom issue is basically saying that I have the freedom to teach any way I want and Mm -hmm. to be crappy at that. Mm -hmm. And that's all RSI is asking is that you not be crappy. (laughs) And here here are the things that you can do to help, you know, be successful. Yeah. Oh. So pretty much like don't be lame. Yeah. Don't be that lame teacher. I I mean, (laughs) maybe you could get a job writing for the Department of Ed and help them. Write some of their uh, policy. Thank you. Don't don't, don't be crappy. (laughs) Don't be that lame teacher. But I I think that's a great place to come from is that we are focusing on best practices, right? Yeah, there's that compliance piece. Let's let's that's real talk right there are things that we do have to focus on when it comes to the Department of Education. It's just something that we got to do, especially with financial aid. But I think from a professional standpoint, you know, we are here to teach. We are here to be effective. That is what we are hired to do. That is our job. It is a we are student centered, and it should be about the students. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna step on my soapbox, but it's one of those things where you know if we if we are consistently constantly preaching, it's about the students. Like I don't know how many times you hear that in conversations, which it should be. It's about the students. Then don't you know when these situations come up then you kind of make it about yourself when it comes to these situations, because yes. it's not about you. It is about making sure that you are effective for the students that we are supposed to reach. So sometimes, you know, it, it, it does bother me or gets under my skin when, you know, well, people will preach it's about the students, but then when it comes to them personally, mm-hmm. they, you know, kind of act like they forgot that statement about this, <laughs> about it should be about the students first. And that's really what our priority should be. And if it's going to help our students to, to be better and do better, then that is something that we should really be focusing on, not, oh, it's the inconvenience. And it's like, well, I would rather be inconvenienced and know that my students are learning and doing better than to be over here not doing anything and they're failing. So that's just real talking. Yes, I'm on my, I'm stepping you off. Are, are you? Okay. I'm stepping off of my soapbox. You step down. I yeah. step down. I'll yes, step back that's on. My, that's yeah. my piece. <laughs> well, I was just going to add that, you know, it's it's a lot of work. I it mean, is. I really felt like I was doing a lot of the things. Uh, initially, I, 
I didn't know what RSI was, so I freaked out a little bit. Beth remembers that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, they, you know, they want us to meet synchronously with our online students. That's going to be impossible. Mm-hmm. But basically, once I figured out what it was that they were mandating or recommending that we do, you know, we do all of these things. But I thought, well, let me just jump into this and see. I'm going to change things up, and I'm going to do it better. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all teaching overloads in our department this semester because of our jump in enrollment. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally just tired, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm reaching out to students. I'm making sure that, you know, I'm checking in with them, the ones that aren't passing or not turning in assignments. And it it does really make you think about, do, you, do I really want to teach online and be effective? Or do I just want to teach online because it can be easy? Mm. And that's where faculty are going to have to make that decision about, Mm -hmm. is this easy or am I really doing a good job? Yeah. Yeah. It's good points. And I'm sure there are a lot of faculty who probably feel that way, right? Like they look at RSI and they think them, they maybe don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Maybe they feel overwhelmed. So that helps me to segue into the next question as far as, you know, if faculty want to learn more or maybe even are in that place, like what do you recommend for them? Well, on our uh, on our campus, you know, we have been providing information through the eCourses newsletter that comes out weekly. Uh, we also developed a uh, workshop for eight hours of FPG that anyone mm-hmm. in the district can uh, enroll in. Uh, I think they're both full, maybe. The one in November that starts the 6th is full, but then there's one in January. We'll do it again in the, in the summer. Uh, we might add another one in the spring, uh, just depending on the uh, popularity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the the a good place to start. But also just doing a search on the internet. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how I started to find all kinds of information. I wanted to see what other colleges were doing, and mm-hmm. there's some great information that's out there that people can look at. And it's all pretty consistent. Like I'm not seeing, you know, one college says this and another college. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think the The guidelines are very clear. The information that's out there is clear. Um, There's a little bit of confusion about what counts, and those types of things can be cleared up just by asking questions Mm -hmm. or doing the workshop. Okay. That's great. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like I should be asking now, okay, are there any more questions (laughs) about RSI? And there probably are. We could also... Encourage our listeners to put some questions in the comments uh, if they would like to. So feel free to do that. And then uh, we are arriving at our next segment, which is what is on the radar. Yes. Tanisha is up first. What's on your radar, Tanisha? So one of the things that's on my radar that is actually coming up pretty soon here is actually doing um, some training on Olympic weightlifting. So I am actually going to be doing some training for that so that I can become like a level one, um, like instructor type thing. So cool. yeah, I'm looking at Beth's face. Beth is like, what? <laughs> okay, because I didn't know this and you're just springing it on me now. And yes, I haven't cool. mentioned it yet. Yeah, so it's I'm looking forward to it. So if you're not familiar with Olympic weightlifting, you can Google it. There's videos and all types of stuff about it. So if you look at, that 
well, maybe that isn't the best example because someone might look at it and be like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's super fun. Um, I've done it myself. So, and I want to learn more about it and help people to get better at it. So yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing. I mean, we might need to put a video of you doing that in the show notes and then it'll be very clear. (laughs) I actually do. I have some videos actually about that. So maybe we could put that in the show notes for people to see. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I will be camping coming mm-hmm. up in yeah. Cottonwood, Arizona. So that is what is on my radar. And I'm also doing the Arizona treasure hunt this weekend. Yes. I feel like over the last six years when we've, when we've recorded, I think I've said this like every mm-hmm. year when we're recording in mm-hmm. October. I think mm-hmm. I was here the last time too. Oh, yeah. That's weird. It is. We're coming, <laughs> coming full circle. We are. <laughs> what's, what's on your radar, Elisa? Uh, a couple of things. You know, I've been renovating my house, and now that the temperature has uh, gotten a little bit cooler, it's time to get back to that. So doing the outside. But I'm also looking forward to Open Ed 23. So those of you that are into open educational research, uh, resources, remember that November the 7th through the 9th is a virtual open ed conference so i'm looking forward to that and i'm actually presenting so it'll be fun oh great mm-hmm. sounds great okay mm-hmm. and do we have a nugget for today yes i think and it's really going back to what's been said earlier and i i think if you know if you're like thinking about rsi and you're feeling overwhelmed or you're confused or if you're unsure, I think it's, or if you're RSI resistant, um, I think it's helpful to kind of have this best practices focus. And I think that's the nugget we should be left with today. And I have a nugget part two. Okay. And you have a nugget part two? Yeah. Because if people are overwhelmed, then maybe we could do another episode on burnout coming up. Oh, burnout 3.0. Yep. Because <laughs> maybe you are feeling tired. Yeah. And you feel like yeah. you don't have the capacity or the bandwidth to do yeah. that. So it's maybe it's one of those things that you you do care about our students and you do care about best practices and you want to put your best out there and do your best job. But maybe you're feeling like you don't have the bandwidth for that. And maybe having a conversation about burnout or just reaching out to the support or the resources that you have on your campus. We have excellent support and resources here on our campus as well. Um, RSI has been placed on my radar several times uh, because we have a great team here who is making sure that we are aware of what it is and how it works and why it's important. So I guess my nugget, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is that when it comes to trying to focus on this topic of RSI, just keep in mind that it's really about our students and it's about best practices. Yep. Good nugget. Yes, it is a good nugget. And thank you for nugget number two, which mm-hmm. is burnout 3.0, because, you know, we I need to. <laughs> this That's a topic that just <laughs> won't let us go. <laughs> We've been teasing that we need to come back to that topic. Yeah. People like talking about that topic because, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're still feeling it. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are. So, but yeah, that's our nugget for today. Mm-hmm. So anything else from anyone? No, I think we've. Said, said what we going to say. Yep. So um, just to wrap things up, if you enjoyed listening to this conversation and want to join in, leave a comment on our blog at twoprofsinapod.blogspot.com. Remember to spell out the number two. 
Other ways to show your support, subscribe in your favorite podcast app, write a review on Apple Podcasts, or tell your colleagues about the show. Two Profs in a Pod is hosted by Beth Ayers, English faculty, and Tanisha Baca, communication faculty. This show is brought to you by the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Engagement at Glendale Community College in Arizona. 